This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Schneimer on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. Cancer doctors are sounding the alarm over a rise in advanced cancer that they are seeing. They're blaming the shutdown of non-urgent healthcare services last spring. During the lockdown, the province stopped screening for things like breast cancer, colorectal cancer, and cervical cancer. And surgeries that were not deemed urgent were postponed or cancelled. And now, These cancer specialists are reporting that they're seeing more patients with severe symptoms, patients who need longer hospital stays, more intense surgery, and who experience poor treatment conditions and outcomes. We would like to hear from you if you or a loved one have had that experience. And also not to be minimized from all of this is uh, the anxiety, the increase in anxiety when people are cancer patients or even if they're, you know, being screened for recurrence, anxiety while you're getting tested or in advance of a test is extremely common and extremely difficult. So let's not minimize that aspect of it either. 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. Right now, I'm joined by Dr. Sam Elfassi, who is a gastroenterologist at Unity Health Toronto, and Dr. Samantha Hill, president of the Ontario Medical Association. Welcome, and thanks so much, both of you, for joining us. Thanks for having us on the air, Libby. Thank you. Okay, let's start with you, Dr. Elfasi. What have you noticed since you started to uh, resume, uh, I guess, a sort of normal pace of work? Yeah, so uh, I, I think we're very fortunate uh, at Unity Health where we didn't go into a complete lockdown uh, like some of the other hospitals around uh, the city and the province. So we kept doing some very urgent cases, which sort of helped our situation a little bit more. But, you know, when we really started ramping up uh, closer to June and into the summertime, you know, I think then we started getting the flood of these patients where, you know, they they were already waiting for their procedures to be done from uh, March, April and May, and they got uh, continuously pushed along the line. And then, you know, that flood sort of came through and almost it felt like every day we're diagnosing uh, cancers or very advanced uh, polyps and growths things that, uh, you know, the concentration of it, we, we never really saw before. So, you know, we're finally working through that right now. But that was sort of our, our uh, you know, our reality throughout the summertime and early spring, and, or early fall. And, and sorry, were the cases that you were seeing, were they more advanced than they would have been under normal circumstances? Yeah, it's, that, I think that it's always a tough question. Uh, you know, I think, Just looking at the literature, about half of cases when we diagnose someone with colon cancer is going to be uh, stage three and four, more advanced. So as soon as we start finding these cancers, you know, they're often quite advanced. And, you know, our worry very much is not only are the cancers that we're missing and maybe they're becoming more advanced over the months that everything is getting delayed, but it's a lot of the patients that aren't getting their preventative testing and symptom screening and we're not catching things even earlier when they should be done. And that was sort of you know, part of the reason why I sort of spoke up about the issue. Okay. Uh, Dr. Hill, what have you been experiencing with your patients and other GPs? Right. 
Right. So I'm a cardiac surgeon and we're over a thousand cardiac surgeries behind where we were last year at this time. Um, and I can speak to that. But I think as president of the OMA, it's more relevant if I speak to the fact that we've been calling on people to acknowledge that this is going to be a problem since April, even when this decision was made. Now, the government had to pause some services in order to ensure we had the bandwidth to deal with a possible Milan or New York-like scenario, and that was totally appropriate. But we started with a system that was already backlogged. We started with a system that was already stressed. And then we added this new acute backlog, and then we lost some physicians over the course of the last few months, unfortunately. And now we're working in conditions where it's almost impossible to even work at the same speed as we were working pre-COVID because of the precautions that need to be in place to protect each other from COVID. And so we're trying to, everyone uses the word catch up on a backlog, but really we're just trying not to fall any further behind. And we know that all of these preventative care Things that we do, all of these screening tests, all of whether it's, you know, colonoscopy for colon cancer or cervical cancer screening, that we do them because they work. We do them because there's evidence that shows that when we screen enough people, we catch people with the disease process earlier and they have better outcomes. And so as those numbers drop, and they've dropped dramatically this year, we are by definition going to be having those patients present later. And we're going to be seeing care that is harder for the people. And it's also a lot harder on the system. And right now, frankly, we just can't afford anything that's harder. So we really need to get in front of this as much as we can. I'm going to uh, bring up my my own experience. I'm a two-time cancer survivor, so I'm high risk. I get a lot of screening. So uh, I had screening that was uh, breast screening that was scheduled for April. I ended up getting it uh, at the end of July. Uh, now, would that be I I my understanding of all the guidelines is that generally speaking, you know that's not great, but it's not enough to take a case from you know uh, an early cancer to to something really bad. Um, Dr. Alfasi? Yeah, uh, so I think that's a, a great point. And, you know, uh, th- and I think that's very analogous uh, to colon cancer. So, you know, if there's someone with uh, advanced uh, polyp or growth, you know, in a matter of two months might not make much of a difference. You know, I think part of the worry that, uh, that we have are a lot of my patients, we call them and they're due now and they've already been pushed down the road for their procedure. So they're months delayed and they're still nervous to come into the hospital. And that's another issue. And, um, you know, we already identified that they need the procedure and they're telling us that uh, they're not comfortable coming to the hospital. They would like to wait until COVID is over. And that, you know, as I'm sure we all can appreciate, that might be some indefinite uh, postponement. I'm hoping that it's not, but, you know, I think we have to be ready that uh, we don't really know what our reality is for the next year and continuously postponing a lot of procedures is going to become an issue. So, so you would, do you try to convince your patients, uh, don't wait, come in? Right. So, yeah, and that's, it's, it's a great question because, you know, then what I end up having to do is I have to have either uh, an in-person, but most of the time it's the over the phone uh, conversations with them. And that becomes a little difficult because obviously, you know, we're, we're, we have so many patients that we're trying to get through. So by the time I get around to it, it might be a few weeks later and then I get to speak to them uh, over the phone and then, you know, discuss and explain to them uh, the situation and, uh, you know, exactly where they were at. You know, the, the nice thing with these hospitals, we're, we're extremely careful. So, the, you know, people are checked in at the door. Everyone has to wear masks. 
there is social distancing. Our waiting rooms are, you know, con- continuously cleaned. We're cleaning the procedure rooms in between every case. So, you know, we're doing uh, as best as we can with the precautions. And uh, part of, you know, my main concern was making sure that my patients are aware that, you know, it's as safe as the situation is we're going to be. I feel, to be honest, a bit more uncomfortable picking up my coffee in the morning when I, I go to the coffee shop than actually coming to work and being here. And I think, you know, people here all the time on uh, the news or or from their experience that, you know, it's a scary place to be in the hospital. They don't want to contract COVID, which is very unlikely to be the case. Well, yeah, but on the other hand, you're right. People are hearing on the news there are outbreaks in hospitals. Dr. Hill, uh, do you find that as well, that in addition to the backlogs, you've got to be convincing your patients don't put this off? Absolutely. And so I'll echo Dr. Elfassi. Um, Really, the message to the Ontarians today is your doctor is in and your doctor cares about you. Your doctor is here for you. Early detection, as I mentioned earlier, is really crucial. And Ontario doctors are in their offices, whether it's hospital-based or whether it's clinic-based, and they're here to provide patient-focused care. And the last thing we need for anyone is to have a small problem go into a larger health concern. And so I understand the concern about going into a hospital or even a doctor's office. I understand the anxiety. Everything is much more anxiety-provoking during a pandemic, whether it's groceries or a doctor's visit. But the risk-benefit ratio for any given visit is between you and your doctor to discuss. And so if you're a reasonably low-risk candidate and you're coming in for an essential test, then it's time to have that conversation with your doctor and come in and have your test done so that you're taking care of your own health as we move forward. Okay, let's take a call from Rick in Burlington. Hello, Rick. Hey, Libby, how are you? Fine, how are you? Uh, very well. Uh, so my situation is, is that I was recently diagnosed with uh, prostate cancer. I'm sorry to hear that. And I'm going through the, uh, the, uh, the steps to uh, treat it. Um, my issue is, is that because I have prostate cancer... My um, urologist suggested that I also get checked uh, for colon cancer. Now, I requested with my family doctor a colon cancer, a colonoscopy referral three months ago, and I have yet to have an appointment with the uh, with the hospital or the center that does colonoscopies. So I guess my question is, is that is a three-month waiting period for a colonoscopy for somebody that has already been diagnosed with cancer a normal wait time right now with the COVID-19 affecting it? Uh, who wants to take that? Uh, sure. It sounds like it's up my alley. I, <laughs> yeah, I think so. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'm sorry to hear about your diagnosis. Uh, that's tough, and, I, and I'm sure very anxiety-provoking and wanting to get your test done. You know, I think the wait times around the province uh, very much vary uh, based on region. Uh, I know the, you know, the Hamilton, uh, Burlington area very well. You know, I think a, a quick phone call actually to where the referral was made and, um, you know, making sure something just didn't get lost through the system uh, might be helpful. You know, I think yeah, they, a, a my thing- family doctors actually made several phone calls Gosh. over the past couple of months mm-hmm. to find out the status and they haven't even been called back yet. So oh. it worries me. Yeah. 
No, I, I understand. I, I, you know, maybe I can't speak exactly directly to the, to your circumstance of where it was sent out. But I think, you know, for some people, a three-month wait is sort of a standard wait uh, for the procedures. And, you okay. know, different centers are going through trying to get some of the urgent cases done. Very much the, some of the symptomatic patients, so the patients that, you know, are having bleeding or their blood counts are very low, that were very suspicious we're going to find something. And right now, those people are getting uh, some precedence over routine screening tests. Uh, So hopefully that puts you a a little bit at ease. I think a three-month wait, uh, unfortunately, in in Ontario and in Canada is a relatively standard wait. And, you know, some centers might be even much longer than that. Maybe try getting the referral somewhere else. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, I mean, I would assume that the doctor, uh, my family doctor would have made those steps to look elsewhere. But uh, my family doctor has even let me down with I actually had to call myself other places. Yeah, well, that's every, everybody is kind of uh, not working at, at full tilt. And, <clears throat> excuse me, probably the people who work for your family doctor who actually make those phone calls, there's probably fewer of them or they're working from home. Um, Rick, I, I, I wish you getting your test as soon as possible. I certainly understand why you are anxious about it. And, oh, I appreciate um, that. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for letting us know. Um, okay. Dr. Hill, do you have any advice for him? Yeah. So I'll chime in there a little bit. First of all, also my, my sincere condolences for the diagnosis. And I, I hope that you have an easy treatment and that you, you do very well. Um, with respect to your family doctor having let you down, you know, I can't speak to any given situations, but you need to know that your family doctor is likely trying to manage a thousand to fifteen hundred people exactly like you, where and they're doing it all with less resources than they would have normally had at this point in time. And I'm not sure what's happened in this particular situation. I do think it's weird that you haven't heard back. The wait line to have a wait time of three months is not unheard of, but to not have heard back is a little concerning. But I think that it's important to remember that our family doctors are really taking point on a lot of work that is invisible and that goes on behind the scenes. It's not just about the conversation they had with you, but they may have had five or six different conversations with secretaries because, frankly, their admin may not be around as much as they would be or um, they're trying to track down people who aren't sitting in an office anymore. And so these are really, really unprecedented times. And I know we've heard that said a thousand times in the media already, but it's it's very true. And I think you are doing the absolute right thing right now, Rick, which is you are advocating for your own health care. And I would encourage you to get back in touch with your family doctor, get back in touch with the clinic that you're supposed to be referred to and keep pushing because um, if someone answers you and says to you, this is when I expect to be able to see you, that's fine. And that's fair. But to be left in limbo like that, that's really hard. And I hope that that gets resolved very quickly. Well, the part that I, I like I said, I, I'm more concerned about is the fact that nobody, I, yeah. this is the first time I've heard that a three-month wait time is normal. Um, I mean, had somebody first... told that to me, I would have uh, gone along my merry way and just assumed that, you know, if it happens to be four months, then okay. Yeah, but you Rick... Know? I've I've got to let you go, but it's a three month wait time. But you, but that that means uh, you got an appointment on a date three months from now. So uh, keep pushing, and all the best to you. Thanks Appreciate for your that. call. Thank you. Bye bye. Okay, because we are basically out of time on this. I'm going to give the last word to uh, Doctor El Fasi in 20 seconds. Where where are we at, or what do we need to see to fix this? 
Yeah, thank you. So, um, you know, I think the, the key message is if you are having symptoms, uh, like Dr. Hill was saying, make sure you seek out your uh, physician. That might be your family physician or if you already have a specialist. Don't sit on your symptoms. Don't wait. Don't be afraid to get your testing done because of COVID. Uh, otherwise, you know, we don't want further complications down the road and we're here to, we're here to provide care. Okay. Thank you so much, Dr. Samantha Hill, Dr. Sam El-Fassi. I appreciate your time. Thank you so much. Thank you. Have a great day. You too. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.